0: Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of gamingtrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton and I am joined by David Burdett. Hello there. Uh, You got to meet me at my level, like, hello there, when I'm over here, like, doing stadium announcements. David Burdett! Hello there. (laughs) (laughs) And Noah Rigsby.
1: Hi, I. I, for a split second, thought about trying to peek my microphone, but I didn't. I, I, I backed up second.
0: <laughs> Glad you saved our ears.
1: Yeah.
0: In this podcast, we talk about the latest games we can get our hands on. We talk about the games that are backlog we should have played a long time ago, and games you absolutely need to play. We also squeeze in news. This week, Destiny 2 Lightfall dropped, so we'll give our initial impressions on that. I will give you my final thoughts on Hi-Fi Rush since I finished it, and David has solid impressions on the Call of Duty Warfare 2 Season 2. We'll also get a few news stories in as well. And a
2: little bit of PSVR two if we have some time.
0: (laughs) Oh, sneaking stuff in there. I didn't know about that. All right, I like it. Well, let's get started with Call of Duty. David, take it away.
2: Yes, so we have jumped into Season 2 of Call of Duty. The last time we talked about some of the impressions, I, I had been able to play like a night of Call of Duty. So I did not have a lot of just, feel for everything so jumping into this one the new maps they just suck let's just go ahead and get that out of the way like uh museum is not bad but it is not good uh it, it is a very high sight like the sight lines are just so long on it and and i it isn't the worst map. It, it does have some good flanking routes and whatnot. And maybe if it, they could get it into some different rotations, it would be better. But just playing the thing on Team Deathmatch is just not very fun if you're using an SMG. It feels like a very, I should probably run a different gun when you play that map, or I should level up a sniper or something like that. It just... It, We've played a little bit of it on search, and it can be fun, but it's another one of those where people just half the time just hit one bomb site because you can just rush it. So it, it just gets frustrating, and then the spawns, like for instance on Domination, uh, it is very much a, if you get the right setup, you're spawning people way out the back. Like They they even have a hard time getting to the point closest to them. You can spawn them out that way um, because the, sp- the point is actually visible from mid-map uh, for A, so it's like, yes, can you cap the point? Sure, but I can also pop you as you're trying to get out of said point, so it, it's just one of those things where it's rough with the way it's set up, and I mean, I actually said it in our impressions of it, it it can take you, like, feels like a whole minute to get a good flank route in, so if I'm playing domin- something like Domination and we are getting smoked, and I want to make that play, I mean, it it's going to take me a minute just to get around to the other side of spawns to kill a couple guys, get things changed around. So it just doesn't work. Uh, Dome is another map that just absolutely stinks. Uh, it is a remake of Dome from Modern Warfare 3, but even worse, as we talked about before, it's not just a remake of Modern Warfare 3, it also... <laughs> Was in Vanguard last year, <laughs> so it's even more annoying because we've already gotten this as a remake. <laughs> so I'm just very confused as to why it's even in the game. Beyond the fact of they pulled it from, uh, they pulled it from Warzone because it was easy. And no one I can tell you about pulling things from Warzone because we decided to try out the battle maps <laughs> so that we could see what was going on, and boy. These are literally let's wall off these areas from warzone and let y'all go at it. It's literally you can see the assets in the distance of the map that have not loaded. That's <laughs> you, on this on these big scale maps and it's just it's frustrating to see this especially when it's like why would you've got other locales that people want to see as regular maps, like if you're gonna do this, give us high rise. If you're going to do this, give us give us terminal. Like there are ways that you can make people happy and and I don't mean to sound awful about it, but and not and still be able to copy paste and take advantage of that. So yeah, it's it's a bit of the maps are a bit of a sore spot. We are get still getting that last one in season to reloaded the reloaded portion of it, but I think it's a little too late. So we'll see if this map is any good. I I actually saw one spot, and it might be on Ashika. Uh, So I'm going to have to drop down into that area and see if it's there. Um, Speaking of Ashika, still we talked a lot about that on the last podcast dealing with Call of Duty, and Ashika is, at least in my opinion, it's the best part of season two that they dropped the the running around in resurgence for warzone and everything is just a ton of fun the the map is very there's not a lot of open spaces like you get on Almazra, you're gonna have these big you're gonna have open spaces which i'll i'll give them credit for designing Almazra. there's not a lot of spaces on that map where you just feel completely I don't want to use, I'm trying to think of the right word to use for it. I I want to say like naked, (laughs) you feel like you're running out. Like you're just for. You're just completely in the open. Mazra doesn't have a lot of spots where you just feel completely in the open. Like there's, yeah, there's the sand dunes and stuff like that, but they feel balanced enough in that sense that you can still be okay. Even if you're running around the dunes, you can hide, uh, and on Ashika, it's just you are not going to have a spot that you can't figure out a way to take advantage of cover and stuff. And I like that because I feel like you're not just using the map as an advantage on Ashika. Like all the movement people were complaining about how, oh, people just going to play positions and play tactically. It feels like on Ashika, especially with Resurgence and people being able to respawn, that it just becomes a, okay, these people, you can just kind of rush at people now because I can respawn in 10 seconds if it don't work. (laughs) So it's, it's just really cool to see that they have kind of, they've not brought back movement in the sense of like people slide canceling all over the place, but it definitely feels like we've gotten more, the ability to rush people a little bit more so i'm i'm enjoying that and i think that's really really cool that they've done that um the best thing about call of duty so far in this update because i'm not the biggest fan of the weapons i think the iso is cool i don't get why they keep throwing these guns into the ar category it's an smg it was an smg in modern warfare 2019 it's i don't get why it's an ar Is it it one of
0: those situations where it starts off as an AR and then you can, you know, mod the kit into an SMG?
2: It's, it's all, no, it's, I mean, well, it's the sense of like, it's in the AR category. They never leave the category. So for instance, I can set up like one of the battle rifles. Those are all single shot or automatic. I actually took the F-TAC and the way I leveled it up was I pretty much made it into an MP5. Uh, all I did what the only thing I was missing was I did not have a I did not have a large magazine obviously because it's a battle rifle it's not supposed to but I was able to take advantage of it having a little higher damage because of that uh you can kind of mess around with these things as much as you want but they never leave the actual classification of what they are which that's kind of how it's been just forever. It's more the weirdness that we've had several of these guns in the last four games that have been in different categories and especially when you've got Modern Warfare 2019 which had the ISO in it as an SMG and now it's in Modern Warfare 2 as an assault rifle. It's just kind of odd. It feels like it's almost they're just throwing it in to throw it in to a degree. I, I couldn't tell you for sure. That's just how it feels to me. That being said, it is a very fast AR still, so you can kind of use it as an SMG to a degree. So that's what ends up happening a lot, I know for me, is I'm able to use it as kind of this flex running gun. And then the shotgun that they added in is the, the KV broadside. It's just it's it takes too many shots. Like a lot, some of these guns are very one shot oriented with the right attachments. This one, even if you've got a good amount of attachments on it, you're, you have to be point blank killing people with it to get that kind of a kill. Otherwise it's like, I could be from here to like, I don't want to say what's on the screen that they, like that close is definitely going to kill somebody, but like where, like it felt like sometimes I was having to get three shots on somebody to kill him with a shotgun from me from pretty short range. So it's just not very good. The, the video that is on the screen for all of you watching, this is actually some gameplay from Ranked Play. And Ranked Play is one of the... I know Noah will complain about the SBBM in this game and the way that it matches you up with people. And he has a reason for that. That being said, the mode itself, one of the best things in Call of Duty. I love Ranked Play. I love... That they are. To me, the biggest thing with it is you've got the Call of Duty rule set. So with the rule set from the the pros, you're banning a lot of these guns, these things that get annoying. Like it, like, there's nothing more annoying than a guy sitting up in a in a campy spot with a light machine gun with a hundred bullet clip, and he's just emptying it. Like, it's just frustrating. Uh, what was even more frustrating was last game, we actually had perks in the last game that were like would literally reveal you like almost put like a in Vanguard. You could actually see people <laughs> full, full on see people if you just shot close to them. And yeah, that so you would have search and destroy games where a dude would go to a power position and just spray. And the general direction, just hoping to get it. That was very frustrating. When you have something like ranked, you know that that does not exist. And that's one of the things that's cool. And a lot of times you have guns that are available, but they're never used because you're just at a disadvantage if you're not running pro loadouts. So you do, I will say with ranked, you do need to make sure that if you're going to play any of it, you need to have, do some research. There are tons of awesome people out there that have great loadouts. Uh, some of the different pro players like Atlanta FaZe Simp, he posts his loadouts all the time. You have people like Attach uh, from Minnesota Rocker, Atlanta FaZe's own coach, Crowder. He actually does videos talking about like what's the best thing to use. Uh, and then you've got guys like Exclusive Ace who do lots of different gun videos and whatnot. And it's just you have such a wealth of resources to get good at ranked that it's really, really cool that, that it's even possible. Um, One thing I will tell people solo queuing, I wish you good luck because <laughs> you're probably going to run up against four stacks or hackers. <laughs> uh, Cause unfortunately there are still there are hackers in this game. What's funny is, is there are hackers in this game and there are pros that are playing right now who have actually just put a whipping on them. So just know that if you play things right, even hackers aren't going to be able to beat you. <laughs> uh, I doubt that's the case for somebody like me because I am not nearly good enough to play this game and beat hackers. But we have... I've just had a lot of fun. Just I love playing the three game modes, hard point, control search and destroy like just the competitive nature of it lends itself to the way I like to play games and I'm, I'm just having fun. Like it, it feels there's a competitive feeling when you play search and destroy regularly and it's just, I don't know what it is, but when you play it in ranked, it elevates it because, and I think some of it is just the fact it goes from, it's not just that you're risking your, your SR rating, (laughs) Obviously, you're risking that that number as to if you're going to get it higher or, dr- or drop down. But it's also the fact that, unlike something like, for instance, Overwatch, where it's always the same number of players, in Call of Duty, you go from 6v6 to 4v4. So suddenly, the entire battlefield changes from what you've been playing in pubs, and you're down two players. So suddenly, a lane that you weren't thinking about, let's say I'm playing, like, one of the, like, the the map that we were just watching, LSE, Asilo, like, you can, on 6v6, you can get people up in some of these different power positions, but also run mid-map. When you're running 4v4, you gotta really commit to a site, because you have no idea <laughs> where, always where they're defending, so you're running, you actually are, I know for me, we have, like, on that map, for instance, we have a very specific play. If we spawn in on offense it's a quick a hit out the gate the reason being is because honestly the reason is it's the closest site i can run and plant the bomb fast and uh because most of us are on ps5s we figure maybe the other team hasn't spawned in yet <laughs> because we've we've won entire rounds because bros playing on a ps4 and he didn't yeah. spawn in until the <laughs> second round so you take take a chance sometimes <laughs> And play it, but we've also learned on that map that if we're playing against these guys who are just rushers who are just running into the site and trying to fry you, we'll run to the outside. We'll like, okay, let's change this. Let's switch over to our ARs. We're gonna run over to the outside bomb area at B and plant there and make them come to us. Because if they're not thinking about it, they've got you know they've they've got a submachine gun and we're up in power positions with ARs. They're just not gonna be able to take advantage of it. So. It's just, there's something about playing ranked in Call of Duty that, it, yeah, it's sweaty, it's all that different stuff, but it's just fun because the competitive nature of it, at least to me, feels different than a lot of other games. Uh, and I think it's just because there's such a wealth of modes in such in Call of Duty, but even with that wealth of modes, you play Domination, nobody's playing Domination it's just deathmatch that has a longer timer. <laughs> that's truly yeah. the only thing that's happening. When you play ranked, you're getting into that, okay, now suddenly people are having to play the objective and it's that chess game. Like, Call of Duty, and it it has its flaws even on the pro side of things, but Call of Duty, when, you, when you're able to turn it into that chess match from the checkers that you've been playing and pubs it is really good and it can be really really good i I don't know how noah feels on that but that's how i feel at least when it comes to ranked and i'm just loving it
1: it like i definitely see that comparison because it was um not comparing it to overwatch in a sense but there is a big difference but in like overwatch for example when overwatch one was you know very popular and it's that when i Wanted to play through and I wanted to learn every hero. There's a difference between just playing overwatch and playing with every hero and learning every hero, like truly learning them and the maps and the mode. Um, and that's, what's kind of got me like, you know, on that call of duty kick, um, playing and stuff while I like, I want to play search and stuff. Cause it's, you know, there's a difference between playing the game and learning the game, yep. uh, at a whole different avenue and aspect. Um, and I've just learned different stuff just from playing with you, listening to you, and stuff. Because you've been on the scene more, you know. I've just transitioned. I've been an Overwatch boy for a while. Um, so
0: rank sucks in Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what, that's hence my uh, my trend my uh, movement over uh, to it. Um, and I can and I will rant about SBMM and rank play and all that stuff because. My envisioning of a true ranked system is not, I don't think, probably technically achievable or, you know, I guess, foundationally sound. <laughs> it's not for, you know, the mass majority. So that I will just rant about that for forever. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's definitely been a fun um change of pace cuz like you said going from 6v6 to 4v4 I'm so used to like having people watching lanes and then you forget that there's no one there <laughs> you know <laughs> so yep. um but yeah it, it's been a fun time I I've definitely enjoyed it um and I do have to uh shout out um for those who are watching the the cod gameplay that last round there was a pretty good player did a 1v4 clutch to win the game I don't know who it was
2: um, but I, <laughs> and think it was a technical 1v4, uh, but it was a 1v4. Yeah. yeah. So. The, it's, it's only because of the scoreboard that it would, it was a 1v3, but it was a 1v4 because that person that died right after you got that first kill was very dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, Noah clutched up that very last
1: round in the footage. And then I ranted yeah. for 30 minutes about SBMM and ranked <laughs>
2: Well, (laughs) because I was
1: like, dude, I was like, Dave, we are bronze too. Why is this diamond looking good, dude? You know, in in our lobby.
2: Yeah, but in all fairness, (laughs) then we then we played a couple of them and pooped on them in uh, other modes. So that's that's, that's that's always the interesting thing when you play any ranked game is a lot of times those people smoke you, but sometimes you have that person, those couple of people, and you just whip them, and you're like bro i hope you've been just playing a lot of matches or you just had a really good day because
1: yeah, I like how i
2: should not be players, beating you
1: <laughs> how are some of these players that we've played like how are they bronze like how are they in the same because we just we haven't played a lot so we haven't been able to play enough to move up in the ladder and so the, yeah. some of these players are like you guys are just we, cracked.
2: we played a control and it's on the worst map of the game it's it's arguably the worst mode and the worst map and we played people who were just straight up bots like we we actually had so control you start with 30 lives you have 2 points to cap whereas the and the other team has to play defense uh we won a defensive round i think it was 23 we had 23 lives to their 7 <laughs> by the time the timer ran out <laughs> We just did not let them touch the point. And it's a bad map. It's, it's very much a map that favors. You get in the right spot on defense. They can't touch a point. But at the same point, it's like, we should, as bronze players that are just now playing, this should not be able to get into that kind of a position and keep a team out. It just should not be... You should not be so bad that we die seven times and you have seven lives left. <laughs> like... We have as many kills as we have lives left. That just shouldn't be it. So that that's it's it's enter. That's kind of the fun of ranked. Is sometimes you get the the terrible draw, but there are times she should. The game's like, well, I guess you're this person's kryptonite now. <laughs> yeah,
1: we've heard I've, Noah enough. Make him shut up. <laughs> like, here's your, Here's your dub. Here's your freebie. I, literally, <laughs>
2: it was a. Fr- I think we won that one one three zero
0: yeah i i I do like skill based matchmaking I don't like i was i'll say it this way I like the idea of it lots of times it's implemented in wildly weird ways and I get why there's so many things to consider when you are pairing people for an online game that people play worldwide it's a lot of things to consider uh but it it those things end up making uh everything suffer at the same time for the people who actually you know care about moving up and want to play with you know and i get it like you know if i were to go play basketball at the y you know like I play basketball pretty hardcore. I am going to go there some nights and there are going to be some people there that I'm like, yes, please be on my team. We can stay on the court all night long. Let's do this. And then I get stuck with some scrubs who, you know, they barely know how to dribble the ball. Uh, <laughs> so I get it. But when it comes to ranked, uh, it it should it should feel pretty even on both sides. 90% of the time. Uh, okay, maybe I'll be more gracious. 80% of the time. But because I don't know what it is. I See, this is where my math brain, I suck at math. But the desire to keep everybody in the 50% range, I've never understood that. I'm like, I, I get some people are supposed to win, some people are supposed to lose. I get that. But if... The winners are winning. They're going to go up against the other people who are also winning, which then, there you go. You got your you got, yeah. you got, back and forth. You have worked your way up to the point where you get your back and forth. The ones who are losing, well, they're going to go up against the other people who are losing, and they're going to have their back and forth, and everybody else is in the middle, somewhere between yeah. we're winning, we're losing. I feel like, conceptually, it should be that simple. I don't know why it's not. So,
1: yeah, no, I, I, I think, guess
0: I guess
2: the good thing is, is Call of Duty thinks we can beat those the diamonds of this world. So we should we take it as like a compliment games.
1: in what world do you, <laughs> are you using our like pubs like MMR? you know, like, to, well, to apparently
2: my hidden apparently my
1: HPR is so high no That I'm, I'm. Like, it's my fault. No, the devs are over here. Like, have you seen how many cop points this guy has? He got to be <laughs> cracked at the game. Like, that is what it is. It is not anything to do.
0: They don't even. Have, yeah, they don't even look at the MMR. They just look at your yeah. cop points. Like, I, this guy?
1: I think once you plateau at a fifty percent win rate in ranked, um, I think that's probably where you you should be until you improve, hmm. um. And I think that's, you know, sorts out like for Overwatch, for instance, I, I don't understand their philosophy of. We don't want um, players to have a 50 percent win rate, you know, in comp, but we want all heroes to have a 50 percent win rate. <laughs> like that makes no sense conceptually. Yeah, um, so, yeah, and I'm sure there's technical, you know, things that they need to implement and stuff that, you know, we have no clues. It just it's weird to me, like we were like in our second or third game and we were getting into like silver players in our ranked matches. And my thought process was like, we are, we are babies in ranked. <laughs> like, are you just, are you trying to test us to see like, Hey, can we go ahead and skip them up, you know, more um, or what? It's just, that's, like I, said, I again, I don't know what their player base is looking at for ranked or, you know, how big their matchmaking pools are. So it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, put two and two together when you only see half the equation but I still just like ranting like why are we what's this diamond boy doing in (laughs) (laughs) 2 so
0: maybe overwatch is dealing with the same thing what what are these grandmaster players doing in (laughs) (laughs) silver it's like what is (laughs) going on here Um,
2: before we end it out completely I have to give a shout out to my dad who deals with the fact of he's not as fast as our he does not process as much as we do when we say he's on your right he looks at the left <laughs> <laughs> but he still tries to do his best and he he, he does creeper. clutch he does clutch some snd for us i'll at least give him the fact of there's some moments in D where it's like you should not have won that fight <laughs> but david he can david, hold his own at least <laughs> that that's called aim assist <laughs> Uh, did you see that MP5? Those MP5 shots at one time—that was that was God guiding that bullet. Like that bullet was not aimed at that guy's head; it uh, just hit.
1: There is literally a cod dev just watching the screen, and he took his little mouse and was like, "I'm gonna help you out." Just dragged he it, dragged it back in because he's. On my I was like, screen. Dad. Right, right I was like, Dad. I've watched. Yeah. I've watched the movie. I've watched
2: the time. movie Wanted. This is what's <laughs> going on over here. <laughs> yeah. Th- no. He he is a trooper, and he deals with us ranting over the top of everything, and he does bite back occasionally. But yeah, he. Considering I have a dad who's about to turn fifty eight and still wants to play COD with his sons, even if it's in ranked. You know, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome.
0: Uh, that's pretty <laughs> dope. <laughs> And <laughs> and I guarantee he's clutching some of these moments because the, these young folk, these you know, these, these whippersnappers, yeah, these young whippersnappers out here, they don't understand the old movements. You know, <laughs> they they look at they look. What is he doing? Yeah.
2: What? Oh, I've, what oh I'll like hit. That? Oh, I hit push. I've hit push to talk and said, "Y'all got caught by a 57-year-old man." Yeah, <laughs> just because I gotta rub it in on.
0: No, that's what I'm saying here. Like they, here they don't the understand Wait, he's walking or. normally he just <laughs> walked around the corner he didn't jump they're looking up expecting the jump yeah. <laughs> what? see what's <laughs> funny is we've essentially
2: that? we've essentially made him drop shot at this point because he, we changed his controller fi- configuration to where instead of uh, melee for his right click it is uh, it is crouch and obviously, if you hold that down you go straight down, well, he uh, gets yeah. ripped. When things get intense for Dad, he grips his controller real hard <laughs> and he accidentally drops. <laughs> so he's getting these drop shot kills on accident because we made him change his controller configuration. There you go. <laughs> that long you got to play game. to the
0: strength. You got to play to the strength.
2: And his strength is accidentally doing it like every time. <laughs>
0: hey, if it you get your wins... Some of the That's time it
2: works, all of the time. Yeah. I, told I, like, Dude, I don't
1: care who wins or you know how many kills each of us get as long as we get the dub, I do not care. Hey, shout out I to you, care. Nero.
2: You had a you had a two KD in that hard point we won the other day. Thirty two and sixteen, man.
1: I also had a 12 KD in that battle thing we played. Cause I found the <laughs> lane where the bots just ran in. Like zombies. <laughs> I thought I was playing left for well, dead.
2: Fu- well, well, what's funny is it doesn't count you killing bots. It only counts I you killing knew. players. So the players were bots too. <laughs> it,
1: it looked like scene from last of us, like they're just funneling down the airport terminal. <laughs> I was like, okay.
0: <sighs> All right. That's yeah, fun times. Riveting call of duty. All it's right. fun.
2: It's fun. We need to get you in on it sometime, oh, Anthony. Would, we really do. I suck at Call of Duty so bad. We don't care. It, th- you, you, we you don't care. care. If you don't
1: pass <laughs> David's training trial, though, he will call you out and make you cry.
2: I know. <laughs> Actually, it's it's more like my brother will like just... Throw daggers at you, so uh,
0: yeah, I I imagine, and I'm the one I'll start cussing them back. <laughs> there's,
2: there's it won't be it here. won't be curse. We we're all clean. Uh, we just do That's your trash. Like, I get
0: so intense. You <laughs> mfers will come out, like.
1: See, I, I trash mm, I'm trying to control I'm myself, y'all. Up. I'm cracking up at David the whole time. Like, that's why I can't trash talk. Like, hearing <laughs> David, who's like the most friendly guy I know, like, super nice guy, just telling some poor 12 year old on the other team to go cry to his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. So Noah jumps on, and I'm, I know this is like down a rabbit trail. Yeah. Noah logs it. Like, you hear the noise of him logging into the party. And it's right at the moment where I guess we won around. It was either we won around or we like, it, it might have been death match and i just was not having a good day but i'm like go cry cry harder cry harder <laughs> <laughs> screaming yeah what's funny is is my steel series noise canceling ai uh on the through the gg app my equalizer <laughs> I had to turn it down because I was getting so high pitched, it was actually canceling out the noise. Because I've was, oh. i been screaming and it's been canceling
1: oh. out the noise, so nobody's hearing I, any call outs. I love it when David's mic peeks because it's just like, <laughs> and it just cuts the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. There
2: was something important in there. <laughs> it, it's,
1: it it lets me see the tone of how the nights could go, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, it sets the stages yeah. up early. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: Wherever David goes, that's where the matches go. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> that's in the Call of Duty season two. There you go. <laughs> well, I finished some Hi Fi Rush. So, you know, that doesn't match the highs of Call of Duty ranked and whatnot. But I found it to be really good. I was closer to the finish than I thought last week. So hmm. I finished in the next two nights. I only played for about an hour uh, a night. So I was. I got through it. Um, You know, there is not much wrong with this game. This is, I don't know if you guys have played it or beat it. There is not a lot wrong with it. Combat flows very well. It's exciting. There's lots to think about. It's fast. I originally wondered if it would be fast enough. It is. There's so many things you can consider. There's so many different. So I ended up buying every combo. (laughs) just to see if i could button mash no you you can't button mash you're still you still have to uh you know intentionally press certain buttons to get certain combos i mostly stuck with the same combos because they worked there was a few skills that i bought with my uh support characters um that did a little bit more damage but I can't remember every single combo. Maybe there's people out there that you know they can, but the ones I chose worked for me and helped a lot. So uh, I appreciate the fact that with all the options that you have, you could pretty much play the way you want. So d- d- despite the combos, um, despite how it it looks and it can feel rigid, it's not at all. So you got plenty of options to do character dialogue is fantastic story is great David loves Chai I hated Chai still don't really like Chai but you know he came around at the end he matured a little bit he got a little better so that was great all the other characters you know learned to learn to chill out a little bit themselves you know they lightened up so it kind of went in the direction I thought it was gonna go I was hoping it would go because I really didn't want to hate Chai as much as I did so I hate him a little bit less but you know the type of doofusness that Chai is. It was a little too much for my taste, but I, I, I at the end I was like, "No, this I I love every little bit of the the relationships and how they relate to each other, and you know the the camaraderie and all that good stuff." Um So music ended up growing on me. I wasn't a fan of the soundtrack at first. It just There wasn't, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I was trying to figure out a way to explain it. It's one of the rare times I can't figure out how to describe music, but basically it just, it just, it wasn't resonating. It wasn't sticking with me. The melodies weren't clicking with me. It's not that the music was bad. It just wasn't memorable. And I am all for video game music where I remember the tunes as I'm playing. And it just wasn't. So I'd be listening to the soundtrack Uh, on youtube and you know finally i got probably to the two hour mark and it was like oh okay here's a song that that's clicking with me okay cool i like that song um and then i listened to it a second time and and more songs started to click with me a little bit more so uh it grew on me i don't uh, it's a it's a good soundtrack for sure it's just it's not one of my favorites but it's it's definitely good it fits fits the game very well. I will say that. Um and boss battles. Yeah. Those were good. Those were very good. The only one that sucked was Mimosa, but they were they were really good. Ah, uh, what is that? Oh my gosh. I'm drawing a blank on who's the the red girl name. Oh my gosh.
1: Even I don't remember that, the yeah. Security guard siri what's the red-haired security guard's name yeah there you go (laughs)
0: hi-fi rush yeah you gotta throw in the hi-fi rush because he's gonna throw out any redhead now now i'm gonna look it up real quick hi-fi rush characters hold up hold up i gotta figure this out uh uh corsica there we go corsica her boss fight dope that was the best boss fight in the game 100 the last two boss fights were really good also uh so i i enjoyed those mimosas i don't know this is just it wasn't a great fight But uh, and then it was just a beautiful game from top to bottom. It was it was a very, very good game. And I just I just wish more games were like Hi-Fi Rush where it feels complete. It feels polished and it's just good. (laughs) You know, it knows what it is and it does it. And so many different games try to do different things. Try to get outside of what they are. They're not polished. They're not ready to go. This was that. This, I think, is Tango GameWorks' best game.
2: It's something most games don't do enough of, too. Knowing what they are and doing it well, like that. Yeah. Like I'm fine with trying out some new ideas and stuff, but the crux of it has to be just doing your thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what the best games are. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) You you could see it with games that repeat themselves all the you know, Call of Duty, for example. You could tell when Call of Duty starts stepping out of itself a little bit. And it's yep. like, nah, we don't like that. Nah. <laughs> and, and it and it suffers for that. Um, Battlefield 2042, great example of a game that stepped out of, outside of itself. You know, try to be try to be something it, it was not live service, battle royale-ish type of thing. Nah, that's that's that that's not what you are. Stick to what you are. You can try new stuff. That's fine, I ain't got no problem with that. But stick to what you are. You're gonna have better reception that way. Hi-Fi Rush knows exactly what it is, and it does it. There were a few cracks in the game, though. Uh, I played it on hard, and it wasn't until the end where I started seeing some of the uh, the rhythm problems. So for most of the game, there's really no problem with you know attacking on rhythm, but near the end of the game, more beats are happening. And more parries you have to do, more blocking right in time. And so because of the the way the game is, it your button pressing has to be just a smidge before the actual beat, because the actual button press isn't it it's not like a mouse click or like a, a drum pad. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to press it there's a little give before the actual, um, I guess before the button actually responds, right? So if you were to tap your B button on your Xbox controller, you know, you're not going to get an immediate response because there's just that little squish, which is fine for most games. But when you have to, you know, do a lot of things at one time in rhythm, um, it starts to suffer a little bit. So there, final boss fight there are moments where like lasers are getting shot at you and the beat is like you know right that one pause you feel it but because you pause if you press the button right on rhythm you're going to be late because that that pause is a little bit longer because you have to actually press the button where you know if you were using a mouse or literally like a drum pad type of button. It would be pretty instantaneous. You'd be able to do it, but you kind of got to almost just press it all the way through. So that way you can nail all the stuff. So that was really irritating at the end. Um, And then you have a grappling hook. Great for drawing yourself into enemies and keeping your combo streak going. Really annoying when there's a bunch of enemies because you want to try to grapple to one specific enemy And the game chooses basically for you what enemy you're going to grapple to. So when you got a whole bunch and they're all kind of cluttered together and you're trying to grapple, it's like this guy who's really fast, I want to grapple to him, but nope, it grapples to kind of the closest guy to you. So it's like you don't get to execute what you want to execute. So that's just annoying. It wasn't game-breaking. You could get through it, but I wish I had a little bit more control over that specifically but that was near the end of the game i i wonder how much that would have made a difference if i would have played on the easier difficulty i'm not sure i don't know what it felt like to play on the easier difficulty but uh it was definitely a challenge on hard um uh, i liked it i thought it was mostly fair outside of those two things but even still you know i beat the game it wasn't like it was difficult but it wasn't impossible because of those those things so um yeah Hi-Fi Rush, fantastic, definitely. All right.
1: So definitely a uh, game of the year nom, you think?
0: I don't. You gotta wait to see what else comes out. And I mean, there's a
2: bunch. There is yeah. a bunch.
0: There's a lot of stuff coming out. I mean, it, which,
1: yeah. Also, so like for I me,
0: think, like go go ahead. You know, yeah,
1: it's it's just really impressive that like it it just got shadow dropped, like it did. And yeah, they just kind of let like we know our game's good we don't have to spend you know unga boonga amount of money on advertising we can just let our game drop and we know how good it is and how good it'll you know perform without needing to hype it up itself like they let the game hype itself up which i i really appreciated
0: yeah i wonder what the conversation would have been like if we would have seen stuff like previews like if yeah. we would have been able to play they previews or if they just show yeah. yeah, you know, because people now you get to scrutinize it, and you know, we've all played you know, other rhythm based, based games, so it's, you kind of take from that and then insert what you think it might feel like, what it might play like based on what it looks like. So I I I believe that even if that were the case, it would overcome that because it just plays that well, it's so good. But I do wonder how much difference the conversation would be if we had known about it in advance. Yep. I agree. Um,
2: it's the benefit. It's been it benefited from its mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, S- same with Apex Legends. People forget Apex Legends more or less shadow, shadow
0: dropped. And no, it did shadow really, drop. <laughs> it was not yeah, more or less. So, yeah. <laughs> we had knew nothing about that. Well, we, thing.
2: we knew more. We knew more about like the fact that they were doing something, I guess, with something uh whereas yeah. really we really had no idea that Hi-Fi Rush was doing anything so
0: yeah yeah that's that's Tango Gameworks best game for sure as far as game of the year i mean i i am the type of person i will pick a really good creative game over a big triple a i'm the one who picked Sifu over you know something like Elden Ring which i didn't play a whole bunch of Elden Ring so that <laughs> definitely colored my uh perception but Sifu was amazing uh, yeah. You know, one of the a, a great beat em up, which is a genre that's been around for decades, and it totally did it in a unique brand new way that was challenging, but fair and just straight up fun. So um, this is that kind of game. But we're so early, we still have Tears of the Kingdom, you know, for me, if they improve on stuff out of Breath of the Wild. And I, and I keep playing that, you know, that that's going to be up there. I love Zelda. I just didn't love Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, even, It's a remake, but Dead Space has been doing very well too, right? So, like, I, I doubt it would be nominated for Game of the Year, but, you know, like, games do... <laughs> there's some good games right now. Just right now. We're in March, so... <laughs> um, I'm not going to... I'm not going to suggest... It can't be game of the year. Um, because it, it is that good, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You'll see. Uh I know what won't be game of the year, Destiny 2 Lifefall. but uh <laughs> that <laughs> dropped.
1: Uh, yeah. It's
0: it's pretty good. I uh, I'll let you I'll let you lead this one, Noah.
1: So um before I get into it, um do you do I need to be spoiler free or slightly into spoiler territory because a uh, lot of a lot of the issues are very spoiler heavy
0: i i guess if you could dance around it only because i okay. feel like maybe some listeners may not uh, whoever decides to listen to this may not you know want the spoilers so okay you so, can dance around it go I, for it stuff, i personally stuff, don't care I, about spoilers but yeah
1: if it's in the trailer and stuff i'll definitely uh okay yeah um talk about it talk about it um but <sighs> So I finished soloing the legendary campaign um, and gave it some time to, to marinate, to let it cook, to see if, you know, a day after completing it, if my first impressions or thoughts, which cause a lot of this is going to be first impressions because there's a lot of stuff post launch post campaign that will hopefully develop Neomuna more, um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a first impressions uh, talk, if you wanna if you wanna call it that. Um, I'm gonna start off with the best way I would describe Lightfall is exactly the way that Bungie uh, kind of hyped it up a little bit with their comparison to it being like a summer action blockbuster, um, which with a not every movie in that genre, but a lot of those. Um, they're fun as long as you don't actually think about what's going on. Mm. Because if you start to think about the plot, <laughs> the narrative, the characters, you're going to travel down a rabbit hole of disappointing things and things that should not have gone certain paths. Um, but talk I want to start off with some of the things that I actually liked, which was the combat and the campaign as a whole, I thought was pretty solid uh, on par with Witch Queen, because this is what it's going to be compared to as Witch Queen. Um, Strand, I want to hit that first because that's like the big new subclass that we're getting. It's thread based. Um, I I enjoyed it. Except for there were some times when I feel like it it messed with my build, like for certain encounters, um, they're like, hey, you need to use Stranded to do all this stuff, and it's like, bro, I'm running a Grafalcon, Volatile, a Monarch, and it's popping off for me right now. There is Stranded is not <laughs> the same power level, you know, as what I'm running right now. Um, there's, it, it felt like um, strand is going to be kind of a more which I played my playthrough on a Hunter, so I can't speak for uh, Titan or Warlock, um, which I've heard the Titans pretty good. Warlock's okay. Hunters, um, I've seen some pretty cool uh, boss melting with the the Strand uh, Super, but it feels definitely like a utility kit with the grapple and the CC, the crowd control, that it it has the potential to... um, there's a melee combo that you can do where you can grapple onto an enemy and then combo it up into a melee attack. And it does kind of an AOE pushback that I, it didn't connect like as much as I would have liked. Um, there were times when I grappled up to an enemy and I just ended up throwing my melee. Like it just didn't hit, which was kind of odd. Um, but strand as a whole, uh, the placement throughout the game, I think is its worst. Uh, is almost a detriment to it because it's like, hey, here's the strand, and then boom, gone. Like, okay, mm. I got to toy with a little bit, and then you move on, you know, through the story a little bit. It pops up, boom, I can use strand for a, one section of the game, and then move on. So you're constantly having to flip back and forth between the build that you are currently running and then having to adjust to having strand and then moving back and forth. So it just very hit and miss with the timing of it. Um, which it played very well into the mechanics of the campaign as a whole. I think with the grappling around and stuff, Um, there were some like the tormentors, for instance, Um, I liked some of the parts where you could use the grapple to, you know, easily evade them because the tormentors are scary. They're a new enemy type. Um, Bungie wanted them to be more terrifying than the uh, the guardian hive, the light bears. I forgot the name for a second, um, but they were terrifying. Uh, they did a good job with that. Like when the first one drops in, you know that it's it's not going to be a fun time if you're a solo player. <laughs> um, straight up terrifying. Um, which I'll I'll get to them into the narrative here in a bit. Um, the The only thing combat-wise that I would say is a pretty negative aspect is the final boss fight is pretty boring. (laughs) Um, It's not very mechanically driven or unique. Uh, One of the great things about the Witch Queen campaign was the and final boss fight where you're swapping in this big area or having to move around to different points and then do damage, swapping into the throne world or the Ascendant Plane coming back to the throne world, really cool, unique uh, engagement with something. This this, um, the final boss fight, you're pretty much in a room running away from him the entire time. <laughs> it, it's not very complex or unique, which, you know, some people will like that. Some people won't. I personally didn't. I didn't find it engaging um, at all. But, yeah, combat, I, I think they they did a pretty good job with um, and that's what I liked about Lightfall. <laughs> um, now to what I didn't like and what a lot of people didn't like um, just from the discussions and talk that I've seen and other like content creators and whatnot, um, moving into the narrative. Uh, I, I think if I had to sum it up, uh, this ain't it, Chief. Um, mm. Narrative, tone was everywhere in this game. Man, was it everywhere? Um, it this was supposed to be. Um, a lot of people, myself included, compared this. Um, just from the setup and the hype that Bungie was giving this, and with the final shape being the next big expansion, this was supposed to be Infinity War. You know, the lines are drawn, we've got our allies. The traveler has, you know, the allies with us. The witness has his. The lines were drawn. This was supposed to be the first of two, you know, big expansions where the light and darkness saga is going to end. This felt like a filler expansion. Um, Mm. Some people have been calling the stranded expansion because that was the main focal point. Um, there's a lot of plot points to strand that I could get into, but that's spoilery. Um, We, I think the community as a general has been left with more questions than answers. Um, Especially considering where the campaign just stops. It ends and you're just sitting there wondering what is going to happen next. But then you realize we have to wait a year to find out, Uh, (laughs) which will be fine if, you know, Like how in Infinity War, you know, the snap happened and we're like, oh, we have to wait, you know, to see what happens in Endgame. But we knew everything in Infinity War was explained, why things happened, why they went this way. There's none of that in Lightfall. Like (laughs) there's Nimbus, who's a new character. Um, He's kind of the. The young, charismatic, doesn't play by the rule. The rules rookie to Rohan, who is the grizzled veteran who's strictly, you know, by the book, the wise. It's the the, the pairing that we've seen in every, you know, action movie, which is, you know, why I think Bungie has uh, deemed it their inspiration. They, they're as forgettable because you barely interact with them and see them. Uh, it's just not you don't get enough time to let them cook and connect with you Nimbus. He's pretty annoying. (laughs) There are some scenes where it's pretty intense. What's supposed to be going on. And he's just cracking these very cheesy kiddish jokes. And you're just kind of sitting there like, bro, the room is not on your level of, of humor (laughs) right now. (laughs) Um, so it's just all over the place. There's a sense of urgency at the very start of the um, campaign, which you've seen Anthony, where it's like, "Hey, the witness, he's here. Like it's it's about to go down and stuff. Like we need it's a, the big fight's about to start. Um, the war is afoot." <laughs> and immediately after that, you go into filler arc. We got to find the veil. Why? It's important. We don't know why. Or we never find out why the veil is important. What the veil is. Um, all of this stuff that you know is supposed to be so important. We spend our most of the campaign trying to acquire strand and use it properly. Which I get what they were going for, but there was not enough time to fit the Lightfall main storyline and the strand, it felt like it just diverged like, Hey, we're just going to forget about, um, the traveler, the witness, everyone else fighting for their lives over here. We're going to go on our little side quest to, to acquire, um, this new power. So it just, it didn't hit. And a lot of people have felt the same way. I've noticed it's been pretty universal that things just tonality wise did not land with what we were expecting because life is after this um which come to find out it uh, i think in the 12 today bungie said that they're going to need an actual extra expansion to round out the light and dark saga so life or final shape is not going to be the final one uh what? from what it's looking yeah which after, you know, once you play the campaign, Anthony, and you see, because I'm trying to be very vague, um, you'll you'll see why. Cause nothing really gets answered. Uh the last <laughs> um,
2: expansion will be the final or shape.
1: The the, the final <laughs> final shape. The final shape, the final two shape. Um but yeah, it just it it wasn't it, Chief. Like and I'm not a lore guy, like a heavy lore guy. I'm no Bif, no Mylan. I can hold my own. With the casual lore base, um, I'm pretty involved in that, you know, but I'm I'm no Bife. Uh, the Veil, which is this paracausal thing that is hugely important to both the Traveler and the Witness, which you spend the entire campaign trying to keep Callus away from. When after the entire campaign, you have Bife, who is the lore, one of the biggest lore people in the destiny community when mm-hmm. he still has no idea what the veil is. I think there's an issue <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, with all the Lord cards that he reads and studies. It, it's an issue. Um, and I will round out my little narrative rant with, I, I just, I was expecting more, more seriousness and more of a confrontation between us and the witness, because, you know, from the way it was talking, lo- uh, final shape was going to be it with the light and darkness saga, we don't know what's afterwards, but it, it feels like we're still being pulled along by daddy Savala with the story, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, come on this little adventure, buddy. You're the most integral part of the, you know, the team, but we're going to treat you like a side character. Um, I, I was really hoping that by the end of this campaign, we were going to have our first confrontation with the witness, like, I'm no story writer by any means, but we should have had our first confrontation with the witness and it should have been a size up. Like we should have sized him up. He should have sized us up and, and it should have been the realization for him that, Hey, we're a threat because he is not treating us as a threat at all throughout this entire, he doesn't even look at us. We had, a, we have no interaction with the witness, which I think, you know, the penultimate chapter, we sh- it should have been our first. Like, I, I wanted us to, you know, have a little bit of confidence boost that we can take, actually defeat this entity and for this entity to realize, hey, the, this this Guardian, they, they're kind of serious. <laughs> um, they, they mean business. So, it, and it just, none of that happened. So, unsatisfied, I think, is a good uh, term for it. And I could go, you know, i would say big deep dive into spoiler talk, but yeah. So it's pi- it's
2: Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest, essentially.
1: <laughs> it's it's filler. <laughs> it's it's filler. Like exactly. Like we could just go on our own little side quest to get this new power that uh, spoiler reason. We we were we were having a sussy ghost this entire time. Like ghost has been a little sussy. It's different moments in the campaign, and there's one part where like Nobody was looking at the sussy ghosts like this whole time. <laughs> like, And we could have easily with our new strand ability could have stopped a certain event from happening, but no, we just forgot we had strand and spent the entire expansion learning how to master it. Um, yeah, it, it's just filler. I, I, it needs to marinate a little bit more. So I'm, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Cause you played like the first mission, um,
0: right here if you're watching is yeah on um, where i stopped <laughs> after i died um well gee okay now i kind of like, just want to turn it off legendary and just finish it <laughs> and just like, like i just want to see why what what's happening
1: the legendary was fun like i yeah, yeah, yeah. i enjoyed it my which i had a you know i had a ger falcon volatile like i said and i i stomped through the campaign um Except for a couple of boss fights, um, the main one being the final one. Uh, but the tormentors, great addition. Um, Neil Muna as a patrol planet, cool. It's cyberpunky. Um, there, again, spoilers. I can't get into. There are some narrative decisions with the the people of Neomuna Muna that I question, <laughs> and wasn't. The direction that i would have went but yeah it's it's okay <laughs> it's nowhere near the quality of witch queen it's better than shadow keep uh i don't even know if it's better than beyond light i need to let it sit and you know really think and see what the post-launch involves um better than the taking uh, see i Taken King is like S tier, in my opinion. I, I adore the Taken King. Like, it, Forsaken... The better Witch than Queen, Forsaken. No, 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 no. I think Forsaken's okay. probably... If it is not... the. I think it's probably tied with Witch Queen for best campaigns, for De- for Destiny as a whole, in my opinion. Like, I think okay. it's... I just can't doing play f-
2: you can't play either of them anymore, though.
1: Which... <laughs> speaking of i i'm a v- veteran of destiny i i pick up on a lot of things there is a new strike which is a great strike amazing strike
0: one of the um, one of the things i've been looking forward to is playing the new strike i love doing strikes
1: yeah this new strike is great um which you know back to the narrative there is a whole like vex invasion thing going on while all of this is happening that we have to deal with could have been easily cut out and not made a difference but still so, <laughs> I digress. Back to the strike. Focus. Um, it is one of the better strikes that we've gotten in the new era, in my opinion. Um, but for those of you who played the, uh, those like the dungeon or the raid layers that Destiny put out, where it's like small raids, but they're now just called dungeons. Um, there was one called Eater of Worlds. That was a pretty fun one where you involve like crystals, shooting those, breaking them. Really fun uh, interaction. Uh, it, it feels like, hey, do you want to copy my homework but don't make it look the same? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sitting here, literally, you know, playing this. And I'm like, this is the Eater of Worlds final boss and the Eater of Worlds like final encounter area. Like this feels strangely familiar. Um, which did you play? Did you do the Eater of Worlds raid layer, Anthony? No. Okay. Yeah, there's I didn't literally have people
0: uh, to play with. There's there's know, literally I, platforming
1: reason. sections in the Eater of Worlds layer. Uh, it's for the exact same platforms, and so like I think if you're a new player and stuff, you're like, oh, that's really cool. But veteran players were sitting there like, <laughs> I see you, Bungie. Which I mean, I. I'm fine with reissued content and stuff like reskin guns and stuff. I'm fine with, um, because 90% of players use the same, like 10 guns out of their vault and that's it, you know, depending on what's meta. So it's, you know, I've like using the
0: same four <laughs> guns for four <laughs> yeah, years, exactly. Meta you know, or not rocking um, the Monte Carlo. Yeah. I don't care. Oh.
1: <laughs> the, the, I'm old. I just have to, um, my, my last rant about the narrative um there's a part where it's a it is probably the most important uh moment of the narrative and uh, Keitel, who's been our ally now um she's dope she's like hey you have to stop this thing from doing this thing you have to shoot it down and our guardian has a moment of like oh I, you know should I shoot this thing you know to stop this thing being very vague pulls out a Kavostov, which is a d1 weapon. That is not in the game currently in Destiny 2. <laughs> so our character uses a game that is not in the game. Or uses a gun that is not in the game. Which I thought was really funny. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot I could rant about. But you know, being vague. Uh, limits all of that.
0: No, I hear you. Um, by the way, Trinity Ghoul is what I really like using that. I love oh, that.
1: Good boy. Yeah. I love that. Bowie. I'm a bow guy.
0: If I can find a good bow. Oh, yes.
1: Like I said, uh, uh Lamon and Ger Falcons with volatile rounds carried me through this uh Yeah. Do I have a Lamon monarch this.
0: I think I do have a Lamon monarch so, so. But I run Titan, so. Um but what's interesting you say all that. Because First thing I noticed once all the campaign stuff started was, oh, uh, everybody knows the witness is here now. Okay, great. <laughs> so like we just get started and the witness is here. Wait, when we ended the witch queen, like the wit, we saw the witness. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew the witness was actually like present and in the vicinity. We start the game. And the witness is here, you know, Mr. Savala, given his narration and okay, great. Uh, did something happen during the seasons that I missed? Sure. Okay. Quite possibly witness shows up during the seasons. I'll let that pass. All right. So we get a little bit further. Uh, oh, uh, uh, okay. We're going to go get this veil thing. Okay, great. Uh, the veil seems to be important, says Osiris the vanguard all says that the veil is important what's the veil uh can we we get a little detail on the veil please i just want to know what's important does it control the traveler if like you get it because that would be kind of crazy to know you know i don't i don't know what it does uh and apparently nobody does so (laughs) no
1: one does when when daddy bife like lord lord daddy is you know he was deemed when he still has no clue
0: (laughs) that's what i'm saying so Um, the fact that what well, you said, first of all, I love the way you described all that narrative stuff because it, it, already I am feeling like this feels very Marvel movie where there are serious tones to it, but there's so much humor involved in it that it dilutes. Takes away, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, when this is yeah. like a critical story moment, like this is not the time for humor. Uh, not a lot of it at least. Um, and that's exactly what Marvel movies do all the time. So it felt like that from the get go. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You were going to say something.
1: It's what's well, like the, they haven't been able to replace Kate six. Like Kate six was the perfect, like interject a little bit of humor, like, you know, sarcasm into these big plot points. Um, they haven't found a character who can do that yet, you know? So they're having to take these characters and like put these, like one of the reoccurring uh, things in the community, there's this like pretty serious tone uh, with Keitel and a confrontation like with uh, Callus, you know, her dad, big father daughter fight and Nimbus, a new character, which I mean, he's fine as a new character. He's like nothing to write home about. Um, but he just comes in and makes this really cheesy joke about Callus being ugly, and it just completely desensitizes and devalues the entire tone. So it just—it's that whole you went too Marvelly, you know, like a lot of the the Marvel stuff now is they they went too much into the the humor. It, it just it needs to be dialed back um, a lot. <laughs>
0: Well, the Kade Six point is a really interesting point I hadn't considered because when Cade Six died, I feel like that humor that Destiny 2 died with it and it needs to stay dead. You know, like not saying there can be no humor at all, but you can't replace the humor Cade Six brought because that was Cade Six. Like that was yeah. his thing. So it was. Bit, it's very interesting. Destiny started as like this super hyper serious game, like Destiny One. It was like very serious, no humor, really bland, monotone. Like Earth is taken over. Like, and it was like all right, like cool, we could do this thing. And then, as the the storytelling becomes a little bit better voice acting becomes a little bit. Kate 6 comes around and he is, you know, becoming more humorous and all that stuff. And it works because he was the humor and it was placed well. It wasn't it, it wasn't overdone at all. Not everything Kate 6 said was a joke. Um, and so they did very well with it. Kate 6 dies. All right. I get it. This is nathan nathan phil was who's the voice actor for him
1: it was phillian until forsaken Fillion. and then um uh oh i'm drawing on blake uh Dave, uh he voiced um oh, i'm gonna have to I'm drawing a blank.
0: Yeah, it, go it, ahead. Maybe, you you looked that uh, up, and it, but either way, like he had to go do something else. They had to, you know. So basically, they had to kill off Kate Six because it North. just.
1: Ellen North went to voice him afterwards. Oh, I, thought he,
0: I thought he. did. Oh. Yeah, Nolan he, he was also isn't. the ghost. He was also yep. the ghost.
1: Okay. Yep. All right. Didn't yep. realize that. I, I. yeah I. I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Philly found out they were killing Kate off and forsaken. It was like, nope. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you guys are
0: so, gonna kill me. <laughs> Screw you guys, um, them going home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was the opposite way around. I thought Nathan had got contracted to do something else, so they had to kill off Kate Six. Um, but all right, either way, so they kill off Kate, whatever the reason is, either way, he's gone. Uh so I felt like destiny was at the point where it wasn't so serious, even without with or without Kate Six. Uh, sec. Did I say six? Um, and so it didn't need to try to fill in the gap like that. That just wasn't necessary. So, uh, Witch Queen had some humor in it, but it was sprinkled nicely. Now, from from the very beginning, after the introduction of the witness being present, it's humor like in weird spots. It's just like why are we cracking jokes right yeah. now? So that to me at this point, hearing everything that you've said, I feel like Bungie has been disrespectful to its community with this because you knew what you knew what you advertised Lightfall as. You knew what it was supposed to be. But you didn't put in the work to make the story relevant. So we paid for it. It plays fine. Like it's it's destiny. Yeah. It, it is interesting. The, the little um, tormentor. I mean, you saw me die to him, but I mean, interesting, interesting kind of character to fight. Like Wait. I'm down for yeah. it. But. Story-wise, like, we are looking forward to what's going to happen. That's the biggest reason why I jumped into Lightfall. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but it it doesn't stick with me like that anymore. But like you, I'm really into the lore. No, I'm not Biff or Bif. but, um, you know, I'm into it. Yeah, I, I watch the videos, you know. I, I'm keeping up with the stuff. I want to understand, yeah. I want to get the nuances and stuff. Like, and especially after uh, Witch Queen, I was I got really into it. I was like, what is going on with this stuff with the pyramid and you know the, the disciple of the witness, you know, and all that stuff. I was like, oh, this is dope. Lightfall comes waiting for the wait, waiting for at least the build up to the climax and to know that. It's filler. That's so disrespectful of Bungie to treat it like that.
1: Um, and it's, you bring that up, like, it's not being confirmed, um, but there are uh, heavy leaks suggesting that the final shape, which is the next uh, next year's big expansion, um, there are rumors that it was originally the Lightfall expansion. And then the expansion afterwards was going to be the, um, you know, the end of the, the light and dark saga. Um, and so we don't know if it was because of, like, production issues. We don't know if it was, you know, COVID with everyone transitioning, you know, to remote work. We just don't know. But they pushed back what was originally going to be the Lightfall expansion to the final shape. And so upon hearing those leaks, and if that's true, that explains heavily why this feels like filler. Um, Still no excuse though. Oh, no!
0: I I get the difficulties of development. This is a live service game. This is something you communicate.
1: Yep. Because
0: you net, you did not set the expectation correctly. Then if you knew that, Hey, because of development issues, which we can get into some of it, we had to make Lightfall this. The final shape will not be the last. It will be the second to the last. This, we hope, will be able to fill in some gaps before the final shape, give you some more context, do all that. But they don't even have enough in the story to do that. We don't know what the veil is. We don't know what other things are so what kind of filler is this it don't even have calories what are we getting filled up with it's nonsense
1: yep like my one of my favorite characters um is mara Sov. i think she's one oh of yeah the most complex I, yeah, I mara unique um she is a what i would deem a big player in the you know, main storyline between like, when she shows up, you know that things are serious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she is a great character because, you know, we saw whenever one of the biggest threats in D1 was the Taken King. um, Astacross. who I'm, you know, I like his content. I like a lot of his thoughts. He brought this up and it made so much sense. Um, In the Taken King, you know, Oryx showing up Was a big. Issue like hey he's a problem. Like this is big issue stuff. And what did Mara do? She said don't be guardians like I'm going to go out. And I'm going to meet him headlong. Into this huge fight and did her like. Witchy stuff you know. And what happens when the witness who is an even bigger threat. You know. That encapsulates all of us. Need to fight him. What happens? They all are delegated to sitting in the helm and sending out ships to go fight him while we have to go on our fetch quest to get strand. Like it just, yeah. these big players for such a big situation. Like I, I think Zavala, Mara, you can even throw an I-Core, like Elsie, all of those, they should have been like, we're about to throw some haymakers at the witness. Like there was no fight. It was, they oh. just sat back and let the witness, which I get, he's a very terrifying presence that they could have been, you know, frozen in fear. We don't know what to do or how to confront this, but for, for us being, you know, so powerful of beings in this universe, the fact that there was no confrontation at all between them and the witness or us and the witness, it just, there was no connection there that I liked. It it feels like we're side players. Like we're watching them to do their little spat with the witness and the traveler they're doing their little like hey i don't like you you don't like me thing and we're just having to watch like i don't know yeah it just
0: the, so that part i think i think i understand what they were trying to do the traveler is supposed to be you know the traveler the most support, or the, the most powerful yeah. like, thing that provides the light, light <laughs> for all of them and then you have the witness who apparently is the darkness incarnate. And so he's he's the most powerful dark being. And so you see this fight break out where it's like, okay, yeah, it's the two most powerful beings. Uh, yep, maybe we should probably sit this one out and let the traveler handle it, right? Like, so I can if that's what they were trying to do, I could get that. But they made the traveler just look like a straight punk. I'm like, yeah, he's just walking <laughs> through the light. Like I'm just going <laughs> to stroll through the light beam and do, do little this little light, stuff and yeah. divide stuff and bring it's the handsome, pyramids yeah. and surround the traveler again. You know, like we're all, we're back to the beginning of forsaken again. So like, I just, I don't that way of making the witness, like this really powerful character didn't vibe with me. Like, I didn't like the way that, cause it was like, so is the traveler a punk? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, he, he got pow- one shot is, by the witness. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, is
0: the traveler really that strong, which maybe that's a narrative because in the witch queen, like people are starting to question like the traveler, you know? And like, what's his power? Mm-hmm. Who is he actually like for like, is, is the light really like just all good, you know, like how how does how's the light distributed if the hive are you know like there's all these questions about the light, what it is, who the traveler, who is he for, is he actually trying to protect everybody? Like, what's going on? I don't mind that. I think that's really interesting. But then to have this moment between the witness and the traveler, and it's like, all right, traveler seems to be on our side, and he just gets punked, and it's like he it gets punked. all, all right, like. <laughs> I feel like this should have been a lot like of, of a bigger thing. Like at least make the traveler look exhausted. He just looked like he was just throwing this beam out and let, you know, like almost yeah. inviting the witness in.
1: I, I would have much appreciated the narrative being, um, the end of the season of the seraph, which is when, you know, the witness shows up and the traveler went out to meet him is like a protector. Right. Like, Earth, hey, I'm gonna, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. He, yep popped up Um, I would have much preferred it to be a that not happen. like which it was a great end to the season Um, but instead of that I think it would have been much cooler and more linear if you know for life all like hey the witnesses he's on our doorstep like he's almost here we know he's been coming like the travelers went out to prepare you know we need while we're preparing here you need to go and get strand at the veil, you know? So that gives us a reason to go to Neptune and get the strand like, Hey, why do we need to get that? Well, it's important because Callus is going there to get it for the witness. So, Cal, the witness sends his fetch boy, we being the fetch boys as guardians, we get yeah. sent to go stop him. Once we stop him, we have Strand, we secured the veil. Then that's when the big traveler witness um, confrontation comes. And then I'm fine with like the traveler getting one shot by the witness essentially, because that could lead into the moment of. Uh, like comparing it to infinity war because it's so good, but that moment when Thanos gets the gauntlet yeah. and all the heroes just kind of get wiped, and then you realize, yeah. hey, now we have to figure out a way to win, you know, after we lose. I yeah. would have much prefer that as a linear instead of like, while well, this is going on, we're fighting callous over this thing that's important that we still never see and we don't know what it is, yeah, <laughs> called the veil. So, I and so I think narratively there are some things that if they could have swapped things around or done a different I think they could have had a banger like hands down a really solid expansion but um you know we'll see if the lore bits that come you know post campaign with the books and we'll yep. wait for bife to see if he changes his mind cuz he he dropped a bomb on them uh, a big like 30 minute video uh so it, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is and to see if Bungie addresses some things um, and talks about why they did some things. So
0: yeah, they need to, that's for sure.
1: Which they're, they're good about communicating stuff. I, I love them for how open they are with us as a community. Yeah. And that's why I like, even with stuff I don't agree with, or if I think they um, did the wrong thing, like I, I like that there's a conversation that can be had with them. You know, they're very open because you know, there's a lot of studios that you know don't do that kind of communication with their fan base um and as crazy as us d2 fans are (laughs) props to them for putting up with us
0: oh yeah for sure uh i I 100 agree It, it, it is uh they are that um i just because of what the lightfall was advertised as What the expectations were set for, especially for those who do care about the lore or at least have some semblance of interest in it, like I do. Um, literally bought Lightfall for the story, and now I'm like, I kind of want to just blast through it just to see how, like, my reaction instead of like enjoying the like campaign aspect of it, difficulty and all that. Um, that's what I'm interested in. Um, so. Cause maybe, maybe I won't feel as intense as you do maybe, you know, as a person who's not as deep.
1: Yeah. Which um,
0: and there will be, be like, no, this was satisfying. I don't think that, I think I'm deep enough to probably not have that reaction, but there, you know,
1: th- there will be people who enjoy this campaign and that's, you know, props fine. to them. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like there were people, I've seen people, you know, talk about who absolutely, you know, really liked the campaign and enjoyed it which it is a fun campaign but just you know, just don't don't think about the plot <laughs> you know is a like yeah, if you if you know weird. every if you know all the chess pieces that are being played and stuff they just and you know we could that's why i'm curious to see how this thing um stands over the test of time like once we get to final shape and then the expansion past that are we going to be able to look back and be like i see why they did this you know,
0: sorry, right, I just I just saw David's tweet.
1: <laughs> he posted in the uh, private chat.
0: Uh, I wonder if I could put that in there. Keep talking.
1: Um, I'm just I'm curious to see like if Bungie did the this filler episode. It might feel like filler to us, but if you know, they may be playing the long game over three expansions of a final story. Um, but we don't know that. We were thought this was one of two. And so, going in expecting one of two, I just I wanted more. Um, I had high expectations because of how much Bungie was hyping this up. Um, that that's so true, Dave. <laughs> you don't even know. Um, but yeah, Not to put it but, up.
2: So my only <laughs> it's it's literally my only contribution to this entire conversation, because uh, I I am not did, there. Patiently. So so let me go yeah. ahead and at least put this out there. So, I already have Shadow Keep from when it came out. Uh that was when I was still working at GameStop, so I got it for free. I got Beyond Light recently and I went ahead and bought Witch Queen while it was on sale just cuz I'm like, you know what? I'll give this a try. Uh so, I think you'll like it. You'll
0: like what Yeah, I'm like sure I'll queen.
2: like. I'm sure I'll like most things and stuff. But yeah, this I thought this was funny. Mass Effect fans seeing Destiny fans freak out over a contextless MacGuffin and Deus Ex Machina being introduced to them without any explanation. In the final act of a saga, first time. Yep. <laughs> yep. The that James is, Franco first time meme. It's it's just great. It's so good. <laughs> um,
1: like, and David, I think you'll enjoy Witch Queen. Witch Queen, um, because you. I think generally like are one who appreciates good villains and yep. Sevethin is a fantastic yep. villain who, <laughs> and I I've he-
2: I've heard that I've heard that yeah. who
1: who in the very end could end up being an ally to us. Hmm. Like that is how complex of a character she is. Yeah. Um like Callus um he's your main I guess opposite in this campaign with Lightfall. Um he he doesn't get that he doesn't nearly get that well of a treatment
2: it's considering like, how they're doing things she's going to come in and like fart on the witness's head and be like, oh, yeah, like did we get that on our tick our- did we get that on the the witch queen Twit tick
1: he dropping in like <laughs> i i feel like they went from being the you know the infinity war like the good dropping in the humor with the specific characters who that was their job and their personality was to throw in these little quips and stuff to, they they went too far with like the Thor love and thunder esque uh, with Nimbus where it's like, bro, you read the room, you know, like this is not the time, you know? Um, yeah, there's, I think this was a fine character, but there are so many, um Datto had a great, um, uh, i guess topic on this when he's like there are so many good characters in the destiny universe that just get shelved on the sidelines and delegated other things that could have really used the limelight instead of a new character you know so
0: yeah this uh, yeah with every expansion this idea of of introducing new character i'm like we we don't we don't need a new character every single like i feel like destiny at this point is almost you know the the pokemon anime like we we get it. We're, we're good with Ash, Brock, and Misty. We're we're yeah, fine. We've, like just give us, recycling you know, them. Let's get to know them. Let's see how they meet on these new challenges. Like uh, yeah, this this we, the group.
1: We have our Avengers team. You know, we've got us. Zavala is just a grumpy old man at this point. He's useless. We got Mara. <laughs> we I got like Eris. That, right. <laughs> we got the Drifter. We got Elsie. Yeah. You know, we've got we've got our Avengers that we need. You know
0: yeah what's up with all these uh, you know these darkness folk you know the drifter and Eris. i'm like uh, what, what's their involvement now
1: you know i i am curious um i i don't think Eris swap sides i which this gets into you know lore speculation theory like i was very curious to see because you know lines have been drawn we thought that this was going to be the Infinity war i was curious to see who was going to swap sides that was an expectation that i had i thought we were going to get at least one person on our team to swap over i i thought that you know maybe after seeing the witness how strong he is that maybe the drifter was going to swap sides
0: well here's like, the thing like well you speaking on that like i would expect crow to like go back right um and i you know it's it's the I was disappointed by how that ended too, right? Like it was just like, oh, okay, like that's that's the way this whole Crow thing's gonna end. All right, uh, we're moving on. <laughs> so, we, you know,
1: like I I was fine with Crow like you know, having his redemption arc. Yeah, yeah. I was fine with that. The thing that I'm wanting again, this is me wanting, I'm wanting him to go bad again. Like I want him to be that, yeah. you know, that integral. And so I was thinking. I don't think it's going to happen this season because I think him, um, Amanda, and Mara are kind of leading the season. I haven't gotten into the seasonal content, but I think they're big players. But I, I want a long con of of Crow going back. I think that'd be really uh, true. I would, to, love,
0: I would love to see that, but have him struggle like heavily with it. You know, like the idea of like, man, like, especially with the idea that was brought in Beyond Light that not all darkness is bad. Right. Mm-hmm. It can be useful if it's used correctly. Right. And so this idea of like Crow, like embracing the darkness in a way, almost almost very Darth Vader ish, like, right. You know, like. Embracing this this dark side a little bit more and people start like, oh, shoot, like he might be falling back to older. And so now you got this whole witness traveler thing. You got the strand stuff you got, you know, like
1: which. It's beautiful, but you keep
0: adding new characters, so we can't really like focus stuff. on this stuff.
1: Which they do an okay job of uh, kind of putting it, you know, pointing it home in Lightfall, where it's not every... Just because there are things that use the light does not make them good, just like there are yes. things that use the darkness do not make them bad. They're simply tools. Yes. Um, but yeah, back to the the Strand stuff, It this stuff just pops up on you know, Muna, like just pops up randomly little little strand thing like hey what's that they never say why they might put it in lore thing later we don't know why strand oh is just gosh. on so yeah my it's God. first impressions i i'm hoping you know the classic meme of let it cook you know let it land i'm hoping yeah. you know here at the end of the season um we're like hey some of this has been validated justified um yeah, final first impressions are if ooh, I, I need to see where where they're this, going.
0: This feels like classic destiny where there's just like stuff going on and you gotta go on the grimoire cards to figure out like what it all is, except we don't even have that right now. Yeah, if if, if so, we even
1: get that
2: now. <laughs> right. You think it's do you think it's one of those things where like as the seasonal stuff kinda goes through, you think we'll it'll round things out, hopefully? I,
1: I'm it's I'm optimistic but like Bungie has said that they are wanting their seasons to be to have their own specific and unique tones to them yeah um yeah. and varying they don't want everything to feel like the same kind of blandy they want one want to be like horror you know happiness because we got the uh the like horror um themed one with like the nightmares and stuff with eras and then like almost immediately after that, that is like, hey, we're gonna be pirates, you know, as, yeah. as the season's <laughs> about to drop. Hey, yep, you go, you know, pirates. And yeah. then we got a very serious um Rasputin theme season, uh, which was fun. I, I really enjoyed the seraph season, but I, I like Rasputin as a character and uh yeah. Anna as a character. So if I'm as long as they have a you know singular theme we can have different tones in each season. I'm fine with that because you need to mix it up. But as long as we, you know, head towards final shape, um, which I think Joe Blackburn, uh, who's the game director, he said that over the upcoming seasons for this year, we will learn more about um, the witness, like his origins and more about him and some of the plans. Like why was the veil? I don't know if they'll go into the veil, but... I'm hoping the correlation between the traveler veil and uh, the witness I'm hoping will be explored more um, to what I imagine they're probably
0: going to have, you know, a book, you know, with it because David, now they have like, they have. So within destiny, it was grimoire cards before, like in the game, they've put in these very uh, exhaustive like books inside the game that you can look at exhaustive, not like, Hundreds of encyclopedic pages, but all together, it's like hundreds of pages of stuff. Um, but each one is like you know, you can read it in you know, five ten minutes, you know, depending. Um, but gotcha. So those those give some really good details about certain things. So like I can imagine them dropping something on the veil and be like, all right, this is this is the veil, and then we can go back and the campaign and piece some things together but it's that sort of stuff that should just be in there from the beginning like yeah. in i'm the campaign
1: I'm, I'm fine with giving hints about the veil because we don't we didn't even get really any hints we're just like hey this is important why because it's important it's big um i am right. I'm, I'm hoping that gets saved for the either an ex like a season dedicated to it um, which I don't think something that big should be delegated to a season because not every player in Destiny no. buys the seasons. Yep. Um, but as, if we can get like hints in a little bit and then save that for the final shape, I'm I'm fine with that, letting it you know be no, revealed I'm later.
0: Not. Nope. They should as soon as they started talking about the veil, at some point shortly after, within the same hour, we needed information. Like as soon as we as they're running through the ship, right? let's start a conversation about the veil. Like, why is this thing so important? You know, like it's not like they haven't done that during previous campaigns. They did in the witch queen, they did in forsaken, you know, something pops up and then they start a conversation later about like, okay, like what is this thing? Like, why are we doing, you know? Um, Even if like, I get stories as storytellers, you don't want to spell everything out and just make it all super obvious. Like, Oh, But if they would have said something like, and again, I'm just using this as some wacky example, but, you know, if they would have been like, if they get, you know, control of the veil, they get control of the traveler. And it's like, oh, frick, like, what could that mean then if they get control of the traveler? Like, it could mean several things, but we don't know. But it could mean so many different things. Your brain's like, oh, my gosh, like, we definitely don't want to let that happen. It adds tension but it's just stakes. like oh, yeah, and stakes. So if they would have did something like that and left it, fine, I would have been great with that. But instead, it's just like oh, they're going after the veil. Vanguard's like oh, we need to stop them. Uh, apparently, everybody knows what the veil is except the players.
1: Um, slight spoilers. <laughs> Once we leave for Neomuna, we don't talk to Zavala <laughs> or any of them. So so they don't even know, like. <laughs> Well, like I, osiris is being grumpy old man osiris the entire time and right is which he might be communicating with zavala and like giving a you know a check-in like hey you know, how's everything reps. going yeah you know, but like we don't see it um yeah we we don't talk to like i i feel like we should immediately because she knows they like mara be like hey girl like fill me in like i know you know what the veil is you're probably just hiding it from me <laughs> yeah, right. uh, like, like you you know more than all of us uh, yeah maybe that so,
0: maybe maybe that's what the raid will be about just the veil <laughs> which <laughs> like, i know, don't know
1: which you know that's that's kind of what i'm curious to see cuz the the veil looks careful or not the veil but the uh the raid like they showed like the little intro of the raid and it looks terrifying just from the visual i have no idea where it takes place it could very well take place in the veil um it's kind of hard to see um i'm there's a certain character that has been a lore that's been very teased heavily uh that if he's the raid boss i think that's big and that could explain a lot of the veil um but we'll have to wait and see <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i get uh, that which I, I i can't remember if the raids this saturday or next i think it's i don't even know when the raid race is going to be but i'll be it's watching. usually
0: two weeks after it drops right
1: it might be usually letting people have time to enjoy the stuff
0: yeah um yeah because the witch queen was the second week for that exact reason like they wanted to oh it, 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 in fact it was because people were complaining They're like wait a minute like why are you pushing it back <laughs> It's like, we want to let people actually enjoy this this time. Enjoy
1: right? Yeah. Which uh, so you know, We'll see. We'll see if, you know, more gets expanded on, you know, if it's like an onion with the layers, you know, but.
0: Yeah. I still wish initially there was, you know, you just put some stakes on it. Like, just give us, give us something that draws us in and it's like, oh, frick. Okay. But we got a reason to do this. This is, you're more, not just telling me it's important and it's important, but yeah, more like, than I that. get yeah, why it's important.
1: <laughs> All yeah, right. I I Go yeah ahead, we, we've, we've ranted yeah oh, i just i will let it cook you know <laughs> that first impressions let it, let it land let it land um,
0: that, so to to to, to bungee's credit david um you can tell you know they've done a good enough job with the lore and the universe and stuff to invest people like us and we could talk about it forever <laughs> you know like, yeah it is. It, yep, it is it's interesting enough to, I would to where you can have to, these kind of conversations, whether it's you know constructive criticism or whatever, like it's deep enough and interesting enough, uh, that this can happen. So, uh, so the, yeah, that's why I could go so long. All right, let's <laughs> let's let's do some news, David. What you got
2: for news? First big piece this week is that Forspoken's developer Luminous Productions, also behind Final Fantasy 15. They are closing down. They are not necessarily just closing and leaving. They're actually being merged into Square Enix proper. And as of May the 1st, they will be completely merged in. They're still working on some fixes as well as DLC for for Spoken. So I I would imagine if there's any other issues that it would essentially move on to being handled by Square Enix themselves as opposed to Luminous. So, Yeah. So that's pretty big stuff. I, they didn't really give a reason beyond we're merging and that's it.
0: So I think this is interesting. Uh, I'm not surprised. Um, no. Luminous. I, I, I think part of the problem was the reason why Luminous Productions uh, was creating games from a standalone uh, as a standalone developer in the first place. Their job was to make games in the Luminous Engine, like to showcase the Luminous Engine. Fine. That's not a good reason to make games though. <laughs> and so um it's, it's just not something that generates long-term benefit for you. You got to create games to make good games, not to showcase an engine. And if you look at, were spoken it's a great showcase of the engine it's not really that great of a game and so because of that it didn't do well because that wasn't their focus their focus was let's show off this engine you can be great at making something beautiful and shiny Uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily mean like you're you're gonna nail all these games final fantasy 15 was great But that's because they were making a Final Fantasy 15 game. They were the the focus was Final Fantasy 15, not showing off the Luminous Engine. So then, Square Enix is like, "No, go on, do your thing." But your but the job is create games in the Luminous Engine that show it off. I just think that's not that's a dead end. That's a dead end reason to create games. You can do it. Not saying games are going to be bad, but at, it's, it's not going to last because the creativity is not going to be there. You're, 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 your thinking is somewhere else. It's not on how do we make a great game yep. in the Luminous Engine w- while using the Luminous Engine. It is let's showcase the Luminous Engine and try to create a great game at the same time. I just I just don't see it working that way, so I'm not surprised by this,
1: yeah, I, I'm not either it's it was especially with you know square and extends also have a pretty high bar for what they consider a success um, yeah. with a lot of their games so it's it's not not surprising
2: yep, sad stuff in any case, at least uh consoles are still selling well. Uh, PlayStation recently revealed that they had sold 30 million consoles and an analysis firm, I believe it's Ampere. I couldn't tell you exactly, but uh, Piers Harding Rolls, he estimated that 18 and a half million Xboxes were sold by the end of last year. Now that is the Series X as well as the Series S. He did note that the level of demand, though, for the series extra in the holiday season, even with pricing promotion, suggests that it didn't have the high-end pull of its bigger brother. So as much as that extra console seemingly has helped them at the beginning, we're already starting to see that possibly slow down. So what what are y'all's thoughts on all of that?
1: Uh, I mean, I was, I've always been a... Uh... You know, I, I sold this whenever they first came out. I always, you know, the Series S is not a console for everyone. And I definitely don't think it should be a primary console if you are wanting a gaming system for Xbox. I, I think the Series X is much more superior in a lot of different ways. Um, not only power, but also price point. I think it's very justifiable to put the extra, you know, money into that. Um, so, it, it's not surprising to see the Series S kind of slowly, you know, kind of the gap widen, you know, between the two. Because um, I I talked more people out of buying the Series S than I did talking them into buying the Series X. <laughs> so, it was, um, yeah, I think it's the Series S is a good secondary console household. Um, or if you only want a good media streaming <laughs> Unit, um, other than that, just get the X, you'll be happier,
0: yeah. I think, uh, I, I mean, this this pretty much happens with uh, all multi console version stuff. Uh, you know, Switch Lite comes out and it's like, oh, yeah, the Switch Lite it's selling and sell, it's selling now, it's not, so you know, it's, it's just a it's plateau, just not, yeah. yeah that, that's what happens when you have multiple consoles. I think Microsoft ex- expected that. Um, But I guess the question is, do people still want an Xbox at this point? So you know, this it drops for the Series S because maybe all the people who want a Series S have well, not all the people, but many people who want a Series a S, of them. Have, yeah, have bought the Series S. So now you know, are, are people just waiting to, to fork over some extra change for the Series X? I I, I think we'll be able to figure out that sentiment once starfield drops yeah i think once starfield drops um because that yeah that should be able to play on the series s yeah uh it's the right yeah i remember yeah, there it'll was be a story on,
2: it'll be on the s ev- yeah, everything they they require it actually for most games uh to yeah run I, I was on
0: the trying series to remember just, yeah. just making sure but yeah so uh it being on both of those, I think that will be a a really big indicator of you know who who buys what because you know if more people buy a series s just to play starfield, you know it's like all right, then <laughs> that make hey i mean you know this the c p u is really important for a game like that, and that's what the series s has it's the same c p u as the x so um, if you're not really a, you know a big graphics person hey, i don't i don't blame you for buying a 1080p 60 machine I really don't my pc is basically a 1080p 60 machine I could pump it to 1440p but I can't really like make it the most beautiful thing if I do that right so I get it. Is it that's fine um I would just that would be interesting to to see how the sales go between the x and the s once a huge game like starfield comes out so
2: The other thing that's interesting is it seems like the X, at least for a lot of the holiday season, was very hard to get. Yes. In the sense that it actually, they're having trouble manufacturing it. So I'm very interested Mm -hmm. in what is going on with, uh, obviously, there's only so many people who are going to get chips. Uh, You're going to be standing in line, whether you like it or not, because cell phone manufacturers are there as well. You've got obviously other competition in PlayStation and Nintendo, and God only knows whom <laughs> who else is out there. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. Did Sony manage to get a little bit more this time? Did is it their turn? <laughs> you know that <laughs> that's kind of the interesting thing. Yeah. But then <clears throat> Xbox may not have been buying as many because they're like, well you got we game don't have games we don't have games <laughs> yeah right we yeah. don't have game we don't have games coming out so why put our consoles out there so which which it did result in that. one of their worst holidays that they've ever had so i mean yeah you, know, you it's got, just kind of all working together
0: different providers for the yeah. the chips too so you know maybe the provider for Xbox just doesn't ha- yeah. didn't have as many so yeah you know
2: all i know is this year will be very interesting because both consoles should at least i'm saying should because you know we we have some great games that have already come out but there's a lot that is still coming out and that we don't know what delays are going to happen but i mean you're you're talking some bangers coming out this year so Supposedly it's going to be very interesting to see how everything pulls itself together i think we were just talking last last podcast about how sony and jim ryan stupid smart to go ahead and ship hard to Europe with PlayStation fives, right when a certain uh, game about magic came out, uh, because that just sold consoles.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: so it, it'll be we very could see the same
0: thing with uh, Xbox and Starfield.
2: Yep. Oh, I expect if they do not ship a bunch of consoles when Starfield comes out, it's time to worry.
0: Because well, I just you're... wonder. Yeah, the game Pass is still like the thing, so you know. But yes, it that would seem it seemed to be the smart decision.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. Yep. Uh,
2: Beyond that, the Olympics, I guess, are coming up, and there's an eSports Olympic series now, except it's not exactly the eSports you would imagine that it would be. Like, when I think esports, I'm thinking like, okay, so we're we're getting Counter Strike going, we're getting Val going, yeah, we're gonna have league. some league, yeah. <laughs> in here. Um, we've got Tic Tac Bow, archery. The frick is that. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm I don't know how the it feels like the Olympics went to like Bing, and used the Chat GPT to figure this out. No, dude, they use. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Bros on Duck Duck Go or whatever, you know. I they're using uh, as. Actually, yeah. no, they're just they're just, bro, they're just straight up using Internet Explorer. That's what it is. Yeah. Internet Explorer oh thinks this gosh. is still what's going on. So Yahoo. <laughs> uh baseball, they're using WBSCE baseball power pros. Uh they're doing Watch chess <laughs> from uh chess.com. I, I trust it, you know. It's, it's the official .com of Chess. Uh, cycling, they're using Swift with a Z. Uh, they are using something recognizable for dance and motorsport. We are getting Just Dance 2023. is an Olympic event, Anthony, so get yourself ready. Just Dance is an Olympic event. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gran Turismo 7, which is about the only thing on this list that i'm like okay this actually kind of can belong here like it's still odd but it belongs more than most of these things uh sailing is virtual regatta uh taekwondo virtual taekwondo
0: just pick virtual the, fighters just do
1: that like
2: like i'm ju- like where's street fighters i i get that maybe evo has the the, the exclusivity or something but come on like there are uh, and t- tennis is tennis cl- tennis clash like this is called this is what happens when you put someone in charge of the esports who doesn't know what esports is like this is oh, okay so what we're doing for the olympics is virtual versions of what our people are already doing yeah, for the most part, beyond Gran Turismo or maybe the Dance, just Dance, like those are the only things that are off even for that, but like where's where's the Call of Duty tournament like tournaments, where's Valorant League? That is esports. Like it, it, did the Olympics just not want to recognize these other games as esports? Or like what is going on here?
1: So this, this, so this is going the same, you know, going on at the same time as the the Olympics, correct? Um, What if they're like, what if we show people something so bad? They're going to find the Olympics enjoyable.
0: (laughs) I like the Olympics (laughs) a lot. Okay. I watch (laughs) a lot of events.
1: That the, the person who put, that, like this is why they think the esports athlete or gamer you know I think they're athletes but the reason why people don't take think the esports athletes are actual athletes is when they see stuff like this. Like if this is gonna represent at the Olympics like that's a whole oh, that's a miss. <laughs> like so so we're gonna have, you know, an all sports team of just dancers out there, like tagging it. You know, like what
2: uh, I'm a phase just dance player. That's yeah, like up.
1: yeah, like <laughs> I'm over here tic tac bow or whatever for the LA thieves. Like like or you know it just thieves. makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what they're unless it's you know, being self aware, you know. I I just I don't know.
2: Now this strikes me as the uh, the the meme of the how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, the
1: boomer <laughs> got put in charge. Yeah,
0: this is embarrassing. Oh. This this is like said, flat this out. Is why
1: we, this is why we get laughed at. <laughs> like, oh, you enjoy yes. sports? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those this is what the kids play. are playing. Yeah. And
0: they're not playing Fortnite.
1: Or he. Only yeah. This, hooked, why like- would
0: you not have Fortnite
2: here?
1: The guy who's in charge only has a, the only console in their house is a Switch. So that's all he thinks is a console. Bro, it's a Wii. <laughs> I don't even that know if it's, that. Be an- it's probably
0: a Virtual Boy.
1: Like, what, <laughs> we've got all this running, you know, all this insane hardware for, you know, these. these I just can't. I'm, mm.
0: No, this is embarrassing. First of all, I, no, this shouldn't even be part of the Olympics. They don't need it. They don't need it. They don't need video games in the Olympics. Look, League of Legends got their own leagues. It's doing fine. Counter-Strike got its league. It's doing fine. Rainbow Six Siege got its league. It's doing fine. Apex, Fortnite, Call of Duty, Overwatch. They're all doing fine with their own leagues. They don't need, if anything, at least have Overwatch. They got a World Cup event. God damn it. So, like, at least that matches. Yeah, this is just straight up embarrassing. That That is this i i don't know who they're trying to capture what audience they're trying to capture the olympics are fine okay if 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 you if your ratings are bad for the olympics put the right events on i don't i don't know what to tell you it happens every 4 years like i don't watch swimming all the time but when it's the olympics i watch swimming i ran track I don't, I don't watch it during unless it's the Olympics. I don't I just don't have time. But yeah, I I don't know what the point of this is. The only other reason I could think maybe that these games are not a part of the event they couldn't get them was maybe there's just some exclusivity licensing thing that is like I forget what the League of Legends you know, leagues are called, but it's like only these leagues can broadcast League of Legends. You know, only these leagues could mm. do, you know, you know, Counter Strike yeah. or you know, you know and all the Valorant, you know, like these maybe that's the only thing yeah. I can think of. Because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Other than the fact that, you know, they just really wanted to do video game versions of events in the Olympics, which is stupid.
1: Yeah, I. But you would think like the the money making potential that they could get for the viewership. I I don't know.
0: No, nobody's gonna watch the esports Olympics. Well, I mean, like, it's not gonna draw an extra viewership. I mean, maybe for the uh, Olympic event. Yeah, that's what um, I mean for
1: the the event like the the Olympics would want those because of like league gets. Do you know viewership. how
0: much money they would have to pay? They, ain't got, they ain't got money. Yeah. They ain't got. They were here built. I'm, I'm trying to find
1: know. ways in my head to, yeah, to like no, no. make it make sense. And it's just, it, you, can't, you can't
0: make sense of that <laughs> it. It doesn't.
1: No.
2: Something uh, that didn't make sense to Sony, at least, is uh, the FTC, which is uh, requiring them to release a lot of information over to Xbox in some subpoenas. Now, not all of it happened. Like, I don't know if you saw the article a little while back, but the hit apparently subpoenaed it and said, we want your performance reviews. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how does that help you in this whole battle of getting Activision? Like, I don't get how performance reviews actually matters, but I don't know
1: what Tim's doing. <laughs> like yeah.
2: So, but PlayStation is having to, is being required to actually show off their exclusivity on third-party deals contracts. And they're actually going to have to produce it from January 1st, 2019 to the present. So this is about to get really interesting because the question is is what information is going to make it to the public and how quickly should sony be be prepping a showcase to show off these games before they accidentally leak third party video <laughs> games that are coming out because God knows that is probably going to happen. it don't matter how many marks you make. Some judge is gonna be like, <laughs> like the Sharpie. <laughs> so,
1: so, the some ju- well some
2: judge <laughs> is gonna pick up and he's like I see this notation on here about Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. What is this exclusivity? And what is a Metal Gear Solid?
0: Yeah. I mean, like,
2: <laughs> like it's gonna but become this thing and uh, <sighs> If anything can tell you anything, it's that anytime information is shared anywhere, somebody gets it, and somebody's going to post it online. <laughs> yep. Is it, is so, it either
0: they don't know better or they don't care.
2: Yep. So it's just, it's very interesting seeing some of these random things happen, which the, some good news for Xbox today. The EU sounds like they're moving in the direction to approving the deal after Microsoft has offered a lot of concessions, which... Uh, Pretty much at this point, they they are they are eat, having to eat a lot of concessions in this. Uh, everybody keeps talking about ten year deal. Well, that's not very long uh, in video game terms. That is a good long time. It's very long. And time. Let's also remember, if you have a ten year deal, there's almost no way that uh, that doesn't end up getting renewed at the end. Uh, that you are actually more likely, in my opinion, to seeing that deal continue. Uh, so I I still see Call of Duty in that Minecraft kind of thing, because I, I just do not see that Call, Call of Duty is big enough to be that, oh, it's going to be everywhere. What's going to be really interesting is seeing if any of these concessions push to more games than Call of Duty. If Microsoft starts pulling the, well, any Activision game. Now, they'll be very coy with it. There'll be any Activision game, not any Activision game. Blizzard (laughs) game so that they can keep some of these IPs, but I would not be surprised if they don't strike more of a deal in in the sense that probably going forward, we're going to see a lot of these bigger names be Minecrafts, essentially. Uh, Overwatch, Call of Duty. Would not be surprised if uh, they would like to keep Diablo, but they may push a little more on this one just because of the fact of, well, we've already got a ton of RPGs in our arsenal, so we're not exactly hurting. So we can enjoy the sales of Diablo Five and Six on PlayStation. Yeah, we'll lose now so, win later. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how this goes. But we're getting somewhere. The question is, is what happens with the FTC and what happens with the CMA? I saw a very idiotic comment today saying that if Microsoft doesn't get the cma's approval they would just leave the uk and not sell consoles in the uk and i laughed because that's a, a
0: really you don't just
2: leave them decision. you just don't leave a market
1: that, that's a interesting <laughs> take
2: like uh, I, I don't know that i've seen a, a dumber take well
0: just to the have person, this deal go through
2: yeah, the, the person also said that Spider-Man 2 is 100% getting delayed this year after Insomniac have multiple times stated it's 2023.
0: So, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I suspect that 10 years is more than a console cycle. That is a console cycle plus some. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, by the time the next Console is coming and is out. Those deals may not have to be renewed uh, yep. from Microsoft's perspective for games. I can imagine an Overwatch or Diablo, probably more Diablo than Overwatch, uh, becoming exclusive. Now, now Diablo, a,
2: I can see yes,
0: because it's a system seller. Um overwatch probably not um but yeah call of duty absolutely was still multi multi multiplat. but i think i think things will just be so different in 10 years i I can't even imagine what the next consoles are gonna be like in that time like these are these are really good consoles um to improve on this like that is okay but um Game Pass, who knows where that will be at that point. They're still going to sell consoles more than... like get, Actually, who knows where Xbox will be in the console market at that point. Not like, in 10 years. Could they pull out because Game Pass is doing so well? You know? I don't know. Um, I guess not, no, because they, they would still want people to you know play on a platform that just has Game Pass on it. So, X that thought. Point being... My original thought is what is going to be in that 10 year deal will be completely different by that, you know, probably fourth year of the next console, you know, at at least. Um, Because, you know, it's just you're going to want to sell some stuff. You're already, you're probably already planning the next console after that. So you're already thinking about. If you if you opt into a new contract, that's another ten years. You're already halfway in that cycle. Now you're thinking about another full console cycle where you have this deal where the games can be everywhere. You ain't got no system sellers like except your gears, your Forza, your Halos. Yeah. Um. You know whatever. Uh uh, uh. uh. Who's the perfect dark developer? Whatever they're gonna do. Uh, the initiative. The yeah. initiative. Um, they'll still be working on perfect dark yeah probably (laughs) Uh, whatever playground games you know double fine all them you know yes it's a lot of studios and that could be a lot of exclusive games but in 10 years you're looking at maybe maybe at least three games from one studio maybe and with productions becoming longer and more expensive you're, You're gonna might be lucky get to
2: get two. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. So, i I don't know if they would re- renew a ten year deal, except for you know your Call of Duty, your Overwatch, yeah. you know those uh, I, games that. And, and that's where I'm at. Is I think need. Call of
2: Duty's safe. Now, what'll be really interesting with Diablo is seeing how it is somewhat moving into the live service area. From what they've said.
0: We'll see how that works. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so that'll that'll be probably the way that works will be interesting and seeing if, yeah, if if that changes the possibilities of exclusivity. Um, what is really interesting with all this is how these deals that we've seen recently are changing the landscape of how acquisitions work because we're seeing so many of these different things with this deal with activision that are not going that they it the call of duty will not be an exclusive that is that is a guaranteed at least for, uh, we don't know where things are 10 years from now but i would be willing to guess this game will never it will be the my another minecraft yeah. um but not only that you have playstation who bought bungie for them to be multi-platform now can we say that every single game that Bungie develops is going to be multi-platform? I would be willing to say there's going to be maybe a couple that probably come out of their pipeline that may be exclusive to PlayStation. For the most part, you're going to see multi-platform games, like whatever this new hero shooter is, guaranteed it's multi-platform. It's coming to everything. So it's it's just very interesting to see how these acquisitions are are. Turning thing it's becoming different it's i'm acquiring this but it's still available in other places you're still going to have plenty of bethesda deals you're going to have plenty of insomniac deals that are going to be out there but it's no longer a guaranteed that oh because my favorite studio is bought that it's going to only be on this platform you it's it's an interesting market that we are living in right now when well, it comes to video for, games.
0: Yeah, it's only for those specific games. Um, you know, Call of Duty. Yeah. Even if it wasn't live service, it's still going to be multiplat because yeah. that's just what it is. Well, you're pushing for crossplay.
2: So if you don't have well, the yeah. whole entire base,
0: like <laughs> I can't imagine. You know. Uh, I I just can't imagine anything else besides Minecraft and Call of Duty and yeah. Overwatch
2: being and now Destiny too at their Destiny at this point because it's going to be I guarantee you Destiny will always be multiplatform.
1: Oh yeah, it, it's they're they're too big to be exclusive. I think.
0: Well, that and the the there's there's more money for Microsoft. You still got you know they still get those uh, residuals off yep. of being multiplat. So yeah, that is an advantage. Jeff Phil Spencer said that. <laughs> I think that it, yep. you know, it would it, it would be worse for them to not keep Call of Duty multiplat. plat
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yep.
2: It'll just be very interesting to see how these concessions and different things continue to be worded and what things are non-negotiables as we continue through this.
0: I don't think that, like, once the deals are done, like, you have to maintain the deals in order to, like, yeah. keep the company. I don't think, like, that that's the case. So, yeah, I, I think Microsoft just wants them. And then once they get them, you know. You can ease off the gas a little bit, you know. It's like when you're chasing sure. your your girl, for, you know, trying to trying to marry her. You know, you, you you're doing everything right. You got <laughs> you saying all the right things. You you taking her out to the right places. You doing all that stuff, and then you know, once you get her, it's like, all right, <laughs> relax a little bit. Yeah. You still you still try to woo her, but you know, it ain't as strong. Let's let's be real. <laughs> so I, I feel like that's the same way with Microsoft.
2: Yeah, all we know is. Call of Duty is going to be around and on every device for a very long time. And most likely will not that will not change. Yep. And that is it for news today.
0: All right. And that is it for the podcast because it's late.
2: So oh yeah, time uh, to go pre- bed.
0: Appreciate you yeah. boys staying up for this one. Uh appreciate y'all watching and listening. We will talk to you later. Peace.
1: Bye.